Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Flight Plate Podcast. I'm a co-host, Josh Wenis, joined, as usual, by Touring Professional, and now, in Iowa, Mr. Jordan Castro. Jordan, how are we doing tonight? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. You know, here we are. It's been been a couple weeks, and we're finally back at it, had the time, and got it worked out. Super, super exciting. As we said at the intro here... Uh, you're back in the Midwest, man, and that's exciting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's humid, it's hot, it's 95 degrees, and something I haven't been used to for a long time, too. So, yeah. So I got I got to ask, and and Midwest listeners will will understand this, and maybe those in the Southeast um, or anywhere but the Southwest. Let's put it that way. How much of a difference is that, like? 95 and crazy high humidity and 95 but dry down in phoenix yeah it's it's totally different for sure i mean the 110 i'll take all day to be honest because it's dry because it's it's just it feels like a sauna then you get that humidity with that 90 to 9 like 95 uh, degree weather which is just like you're it's like you're everything sticky it's dry like today just trying to play a practice around my hand was like all like wet and just like slimy it felt weird and like it my, uh, my like my dry fit shirt just sticking to my body i felt like i just got out of the shower or whatever it was it was just kind of crazy to be honest yeah, I, I hear you. And then, you know, throw on top of it, uh, we talked about a little bit before recording, we had a bunch of rain here today, and I work outside, like I said, and it was just made for a miserable, miserable day. But hey, you know, it's looking good for this weekend, weather-wise, which is exciting, and we're going to talk all about that. But man, we've got some disc golf to talk about here, and uh, we're going to start right off the bat with, you know, Minnesota's own, the Majestic here, that you took part in. Let's talk about that a little bit. What what can you tell us about the Majestic? Yeah, so the Majestic was the um, it's one of my favorite tournaments. We play that at the Blue Ribbon Pines. So if you haven't played there, it's one of the top two, top three courses in Minnesota. So uh, pay to play. I mean, every every shot in the book. Uh, halfway through the course, you got a snack shack. So if you're on hole like eight, you can order a sandwich. Then by the time it's hole twelve, you're there. Then by the time you're at twenty four, twenty five, you can do the same thing. So uh, super awesome people. They do a great show. They got a lots of leagues going on like thursdays they do a bonus ace pool i think i played it on thursday and it was at fifty seven hundred dollars so five thousand seven hundred dollars uh this week it's at sixty three hundred i saw it um on a on a post already so they're killing it up there then um they got a good support system up there so uh back to the tournament i mean 126 players uh taking it down was greg barsby i mean he played so well like it was it was awesome to watch i mean he's never won the the tournament before he went 1054 then 1060 so i mean averaging 1055 is is no joke especially for a tournament like that um but right on his tail was evan smith um from north carolina 1020 then uh we got a couple podium finishes from ryan sheldon uh and kale so 
I didn't play too well. Uh, first round, I shot like 10 10. Then the second round, I was like 985. So uh, it was tough. I mean, it's always always tough, you know, like coming back and playing a, a course that's super challenging and just um, not throwing the shots and just kind of, um, you know, just a little off. So first round, I was really happy with, even though it's it's 10 10. Um, I left myself hanging on the, on the drive. So um, my scramble game was pretty remarkable um i went back and counted after the rounds i went 15 for 15 on scrambles then i went like 12 for 12 in circle one um and like three for three from circle two so like even though i didn't score how i wanted to i played really good just lacked a few drives i think i had nine or ten pars in a row so i was super happy with that then round two i shot like 985 or 990 uh, a little low but I ended up getting an ace on hole 21, uh, super special ace uh, through my my streamlined neutron drift. Um, so like that understable, like that neutral to understable fairway driver, and just one of the perfect shots or whatever. Just the hole's so challenging. You got um, it's 355 feet. You throw it through the tunnel, then the basket's on the right side. So you have to go straight for about 300 feet before doing any movement to the right. And I just threw it and the hyzer flipped up, went straight. Then there's an OB river. Then once it got to the river, it kind of lifted a little bit with the little turn, then hit like the front rim and bounced straight. And it was just kind of surreal too. Then just how meaningful it was for me on like my dad's special day since he passed. So it was just like, it reminded me of the moment when the angels in the outfield moment type thing where like the guy hits a home run and the angel just takes it and carries it out or whatever. So that's what it reminded me of. And it was just kind of, awesome to play with those guys that had so many memories with and it was just it was super cool yeah that, that's awesome you know i because obviously this wasn't on disc, i was watching along on pdga live scoring and something happened where i had to miss a couple holes of, of or watching it and you scored a couple holes and then 21 came along and i just saw a one there and i immediately was like whoa what so got had to get the whole lowdown. thankfully it was close to the end of the round so i could find out asap as to what was going on but that was awesome. Uh, love to see it. And uh, not the last ace we're going to talk about, but I got to say, you, you talked about their league and having that ace pot. That's creeping up to GK Skins territory. Absolutely. Like shout out to Gavin Babcock. Uh, that We haven't talked about that. Nuts. Awesome. The video is great. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, I, I want to say that's how I would probably react to. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I've... I haven't thrown an ace yet, but I know I I made the comment to somebody earlier that if so if I when I do when I do positivity when I do that the uh, like the surrounding three states are gonna know because I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ballistic I know it I've seen a couple but I haven't had one yet but yeah and the craziest part was like within 30 seconds or a minute before my I aced there was uh, somebody on the shack hole it's like 300 feet. Um, if that 250 probably and he ended up getting an ace and the crowd went wild so like we heard that like what's like we heard the big like loud screams so we're just like oh my gosh that was so crazy then literally a minute later they I did the same thing so it was pretty cool and like the lead card was on the driving range hole so like those two holes pretty much intersect and you could just see like someone was just like here I'll take your bag go run it down or whatever so it was super cool and um with that other guy who got an ace or whatever he so uh, Jason Wilder, the tor- the tournament director, he put a five hundred dollar bounty on that ace f- 
Christopher oh. or whatever, the one that happened before me. And he's just like, all right, the whole car gets a $500 ace bounty. And the guy, wow. it was Nico's little brother, Jeremiah Dwyer. Um, he basically said that like, he just threw the disc and Paul Oman's like, you better get your wallet out. Just Paul Oman knew it and it hit dead center. So <laughs> it, there's a video of it. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But like, there were six aces and only three people got ace pool. So I'm cool with that. It makes makes mine a little more special. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's good stuff for sure. And, you know, talking about the event as a whole, we also want to mention um, F, on the FPO side, because, of course, there was FPO as well, uh, Raven Klein taking it down. Um, a, a great performance there. She, <laughs> she dominated. That's the only way that I can say it. An 11-stroke win. Um, so awesome on her part. Congratulations to her. But uh, I I heard on I forget which show it was, but somebody had said that bars or uh, excuse me Kale Kale said after the fact that that was talking about Greg Barsby that that was the single best putting performance right. he had seen ever, and that's that's insanity. Oh, I, it's Smashbox. That's where I heard it because then Terry had to tease that he was filming. So um, you know we'll we'll get the coverage you know sometime <laughs> next year or something I think, but. Uh, it's, uh, that's awesome. I'm excited to see it, uh, and, and check it out. That's for sure. I love BRP. I just think it's a great, great venue, great course. So fun to watch. Dude, so, I don't know what it is, uh, but it's good, just good working stuff. and I'm loving all it. So like, it's just awesome what? to see you and hear you just like, I practice. Yeah, and I, I played with Barsby today at Wildcat Bluff here in Cedar Rapids. And I mean, he, it's practice. I mean, he made like six from outside 40, like just insane. Like he's just like, he, he stepped up to it, banged it. And he made one from like 95. He's just like, just this more than anything. And it works out. Like he's, he was saying like, I don't know why you don't do it. I don't know why anybody else does it, but like that 60, 70, 80, 90 footer, he's just like throwing it, like playing catch. So, but he's throwing the disc yeah, really well absolutely. right now. And what is it with the, the weird, kind of like, play this floaty Heiser putters right now between Barsby dominating up or winning up at Majestic with a great performance on with the putter and Garrett Gerthy the past couple of weeks just putting out of his mind. Like, I just blowing his usual season average out of the water. Like, that's just nuts. It's a great transition into Beaver State Fling. Um, you know, Silver Series out there and right. Milo McIver, and uh, what a fun tournament, uh, both on the MPO and FPO side. You know, Garrett Gerthy, like we said, taking it down, getting, a, I, I'd assume, a little bit of redemption from uh, Portland Open after uh, losing by a stroke to Simon Lazat in a heartbreaking fashion on that last hole. Um, but taking this win down by, uh, again, a stroke, it wasn't by much by any means, but uh, he went ahead and, and or two strokes, excuse me, took it down by two strokes over Joel Freeman and then Corey Ellis in third and Cole Riddallen, Evan Scott tied for fourth and Kevin Jones, Albert Tom, Connor O'Reilly and Linus Carlson all tied for sixth. Um, a great, great tournament. A lot of good stuff happening here. We talked about, you know, yourself throwing an ace. Uh, Joel Freeman with a like 400 foot skip ace bananas backhand skip ace that was i should say strawberries based on what he was wearing but uh just an absolutely crazy good ace if you haven't seen that track it down um that was a crazy good shot i i don't know i think without that basket there it's skipping out of bounds but i mean it doesn't matter pictures don't show up on the scorecard right uh, <laughs> uh just 
absolutely nuts. Uh, but the MPO side right. of things, while we're talking MPO, before we jump over to FPO, I want to talk about this because this was kind of a an, a thing that caused a lot of chatter over the since this happened uh, in second round ra- in the second round. I think it was hole fifteen, if I remember correctly. Um, Corey Ellis, you know, had a what looked like a twenty twenty five footer, roughly uh, putt uh, and putted it and had hit chains and he dropped immediately dropped down to pick up his mini. The the disc hits the bottom of the cage and falls through the bottom of the cage. And Ellis, he stands up and he's like waving to the crowd who are reacting, not even knowing what's going on. He walked up to his disc and sees his disc laying there and kind of looks around like what's what's going on here? What's up with this? And then he immediately uh, he immediately right after it just grabbed the disc that he had in his hand and, and dropped it in um, to take the the extra stroke. And so this has caused a lot of controversy because, A, we're talking about the Elite Series here. It is a Silver Series, but it's still the Elite Series, the DGPT. Um, how this can happen, and this, the story that I've heard is, is that the basket had uh, a weld fail on it a while back and it was repaired and it seemed fine. You know, you figure all of the practice rounds and everything and all the other people putting that, uh, in that basket, nothing ever happened besides this that we know of. And, um, but a lot of people were saying, you know, did Corey do the right thing as far as just walking up and, and tapping out? Um, I know on the commentary, Nathan Queen said right away that he should have, he, in his opinion, he should have called for a provisional, and and dropped it in and then assessed it later and and I understand that um, and then there's other people saying he did the right thing and, and took the stroke but man I in in your years of playing ever see anything like this Uh, not a silver series or like a bigger tournament. I've seen it at like, say a local league or something or, um, I played a couple, uh, like local C tiers here in, uh, Minnesota, um, where the tournament directors, uh, specified it at the beginning or like in the players meeting. Cause there are some, some times where the bat, the disc falls through the basket. Um, so I think the biggest thing, what he should have done is just provisional it too. Um, like I said, that's just a terrible thing that how happened and um you have i think you have to argue that too because like realistically he didn't do anything wrong and it's the course thing so i think a provisional should have been called i mean that one stroke i mean i don't know what the the payout was but it could be 100 200 300 if not more dollars worth of putts you know like that one little air that he can't control um but yeah i mean playing milo i mean knowing the knowing the history i mean they that course was is so old, so like I'm really surprised that that happened. I know they replaced the 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 chain set, whatever. So like that red and yellow, those got replaced probably a year, two years, three years ago. So they just never changed the basket in the pole. So um, yeah, like you said, the the basket weld uh, just kind of broke. Then it's just kind of it's just tough that it happened on coverage and to him and third place. I mean that could be a momentum thing, you know, like if that happens coming down the stretch and you lose by one, like it's, 
not your fault. Um, and now I think it's just yeah, sparked I, a, I think, a big and, and the one thing I want to say here, the, and just preface so we didn't mention it before, is you want neither uh, one of us, and I'm speaking for Jordan because I know this is the case, neither one of us are saying that Corey played this wrong. I mean, in hindsight, should he have said provisional? Sure. But in the moment, I mean, I'd have done the exact same thing. I'd have walked up there and just dropped my disc in and not even thought about it. So, I mean, it's just one of those things, like, of course, we're not saying, Corey, your fault, buddy. That's that's not it at all. I mean, this was just heat of the moment kind of thing. He was frustrated and confused, I'm sure. Um, But, yeah, just a crazy, crazy thing. Ah, I don't. I don't have any good. Any other? Anything else to add about that? We had to talk about it because it's been all over the media right now. But um, really, kind of brings a lot of that kind of stuff into discussion, and and we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, but let's jump over to the FPO side of things because this was kind of a, a fun little setup here in, in this tournament because it looked like, in all honesty, Katrina Allen was going to just kind of take this tournament. Everyone had kind of pegged it as Cat's tournament to win as well. Um, you know, she was uh, ahead going into the final round uh, by a couple strokes over Valerie Mondejano, but, excuse me, struggled that last round where Valerie did not. And Valerie played incredibly well that last round and uh, ended up winning and taking it down uh, for yet another win, winning it by four total strokes. So she was down two going into the round and then ultimately winning by four. So a big, big swing there. Uh, but man, she played solid through the whole weekend, never really faltering. She was putting very well, consistent, I should say, consistently well. Um, and it's just, she's so consistent this year. It's been, been really, really strange, uh, or not, I shouldn't say strange, awesome to watch. Absolutely awesome to watch. And, uh, you know, Katrina in second, like I said, Owen Scoggins in third, Rebecca Cox in fourth and Sarah Hokum and Kat Merch tying for fifth. So uh, a really great tournament on the FPO side of things too, and watching Valerie right. just you know continue it, it's it's been incredible to see the steps that she's taken from last year to this year or even two years ago. Ed. Absolutely. I think I saw the stat today where her rating point was like 13, 14 rating points increased from this year, like her from like this over within a year from June to June. So it was just super awesome to watch. And like, I know how hard her and Mason and Alexis, they train and um, it's, it's awesome to see the results, you know, especially switching a uh, manufacturer sponsor. Cause it's not no joke to just switch over and just get these results, you know, like, I mean, uh, elite series and a silver series. Like she's undefeated in Oregon. Like that's those courses are tough. I mean, she. I mean, look at the golf course. Look <laughs> at the Blue Lake. Look at the course yep. they just played, and it's tough. So like, it's, yeah, it's just what's, awesome to what's watch. Crazy like, about fan, it is like, looking well, at her, fan, just, her like, win at obviously this, Waco. Me more I mean, fan, that's like, a course where there's a good growing. mix, wooded like, and open. I think she just, and then you had throwing the conditions that you guys had out in Waco. And then it's just awesome going to Portland. I mean, that's that's the thing for me. The Portland Open. I mean, everyone was pegging this as a bomber's course and everything like that. And Valerie comes out and just is playing, again, her consistent golf and just takes a tournament and then comes back this week and says, you know what, I kind of like this Oregon place and just dominates again, right? wins again. So uh, absolutely tremendous, crazy to see, like you said, changing sponsors. Uh, I know a lot of after last week, after the Portland Open, there was a lot of um, disc golf media folks talking about, you know, does this put Valerie in that, 
you know, that upper echelon. And, you know, there was a lot of, well, I don't know about that. And, you know, she's definitely, when you're talking about the three women at the top being Paige, Kat, and Kristen Tatar, I see that 100%. I think Valerie is that next tier right there, number four. And and then I I put her above the the other the next tier of women too. I think she's kind of all on her own there, and things are trending up. Man, she is playing so good. Um, gonna be exciting to see how she plays the rest of the year. That's for sure. Absolutely. Like, I think she's getting there too, where like she could be a contender to like be top three, top four, top five. Like, I mean, how well she's playing. I mean, if I'm kind of playing like a skip ace or like a grip six, like I think I would take her almost besides her cat and um, page. Like, yeah, honestly, absolutely. Like, it's, um, you can't it's crazy counter out right it's now. Too. I mean, it's going uh, to be awesome for the women's to, field to catch more, like the, the game. Uh, I think Val that kind of up and coming. Sure. That's just been like, all right, now uh, so I'm let's the go over here. We had the, the U S amateur USA DGC, I guess I think is the, the proper, um, terminology there for it. And out at toboggan in Michigan. And what a tournament this came down to the, not just the last hole, it came down to a seven-hole playoff between uh, two players and uh, absolutely amazing. I, I I apologize, I don't have the names right in front of me. I've heard them so many times here lately too. But what a what a playoff, going seven holes like that, and then to end on a what looked to be a quite a long putt, uh, a circle two, if not a little bit longer than circle two, outside circle two putt, uh, to, to take down the tournament and... Um, just amazing and i heard that uh both the guys funny that the two guys in the playoff are both like 960 ish rated so they weren't necessarily top of the field as far as rating goes and then on top of it this is just a fun little fact their birthdays are two days apart like just a, a crazy little coincidence there but um the reason we want to bring this up was because there was an awful lot of chatter after the footage came out about the the, the player that won and his putt, specifically his step putt, um, his outside the circle putt, and um, whether or not it was a foot fault, people are taking the footage and slowing it way, way down and saying, you know, you can see his foot is still in the grass before, you know, blah, 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 all this other, or his, his I, you know, back foot is, is not down, up, down, whatever, just all sorts of stuff with this, and it really brought a lot of of chatter into this. Um, because it was a playoff too, they wondered, well, is that why it wasn't called, you know, why it wasn't, you know, uh, questioned, and then no no one to second it, and and so on and so forth. But there was a a, a marshal there, a tournament marshal there, who was supposed to call it if, if or second it if it was warranted. But uh, I'll be completely honest in watching this at regular speed, not slowed down, because. I'm going to watch it the same. I think the same thing with baseball umpires here. Let's talk about that. You know, you're looking at it at full speed or any sport for that matter. You're looking at it at full speed. Um, I did. I think maybe it looked a little questionable. Maybe, but I've seen the same thing all over the place. You know, it's not something it wasn't egregious at full speed. Um, I'll let you kind of riff on this for a minute.
Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's been a chatter about it. Um, at full speed, I thought it was good. Then you kind of slow it down, this and that. Um, I think the biggest thing is, I mean, everybody's knocking on the on the guy who just won a ma- uh, the major. You know, like I've never won a major, so like, uh, good thing I don't think he has really social media to look at it. But I'm sure he knows about it. Um, but yeah, if you slowed it down, it, it's close. I mean, I think the biggest thing here is like. If it's a foot fault, then I think the the guy who's in the playoffs with them has to say something, like that spur moment, because obviously you have an official there, so like that's the second or whatever. But that without like camera video evidence or something, or it's too close to call. Like it's, I think it's too clo- uh, too close. I mean, now I think it brings up a lot of discussion to get rid of it, like type of get rid of the step putt because there are so many step putts now that are so close. So uh, a lot of people message me and they're like, Hey Jordan, you see this? I was like, uh, now I didn't like, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough kind of scenario. I think the biggest thing is um, I think we had to get rid of it or fix it or tweak it type thing where um, there's so many close ones. Like we have to improve the circle distance or like get rid of the step putt. It could be a straddle jump putt. Um, move the circle one back to 45 feet. There's a whole bunch of things. So I think, like I, like again with the basket scenario, I think this is bringing up a lot of conversations on how we're moving forward. But um, realistically, I'm a spin putter. So I don't need to jump putt from 45 feet. I can spin it in there too. So uh, once I get to like outside 50, then I can jump putt it. So like it doesn't affect me. But compared to like say Clemens, who he's dialed in from um, – 40 feet and in like he's gonna hit the basket or draw metal every single time so like it's it's a huge advantage um compared to those step putters i mean your 33 feet turns into 28 real quick and like it's people are really good at 28 feet when you have to jump or whatever so um yeah it's just tough but i mean i'm I'm super happy for the kid and super happy for those top five guys i mean this i watch coverage already and it's just awesome to see i mean a lot of them have good form and good good throwing abilities and just wait until they yeah, get to absolutely. clean up that, it's that really little a weird, mental state uh, and that experience. Not, I shouldn't say I a weird thing. It's, it's a growing pain right there the sport. Let's be honest about that. I mean, every sport good, has good those. Too. Um, there's there's going to be stuff. I think about golf and I think about, um, you know, the putting, uh, all the different putters. You know, you had the long, long-handled putters and then the different putting forms and then the PGA cracked down on a lot of it, thought that it was an advantage. So it's not something that this is this isn't a, a disc golf only issue. I mean, we see this kind of stuff in every sport. So it's a growing pain. I mean, if if I had my my say in it, I would eliminate eliminate uh circle 1 as far as it well, I wouldn't eliminate, excuse me. I you could you have to stay show your balance outside of circle 1 all the way up to circle 2. That's my opinion. That's just what I think. And then um Outside circle two, then you can do whatever. But keep circle one because that's a nice stat. Everybody loves the stat, and you got to, you know, whatever. But um, that's just everybody's going to have a different opinion, and it's going to be up to uh, the PDGA and DGPT, I'm sure, probably, you know, look at if they need to change anything themselves or have their own set um, rules because I know some some leagues do that kind of stuff. Who knows? But either way, PDGA will look at it, I'm sure, and we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes from there. But let's move on to action happening this weekend. Um, or I, I should say, uh, yeah, the, next up on the DGPT, let's let's put it that way. On the Pro Tour, we have the Match Play Championship happening the 17th through the 19th in Colorado, Bailey, Colorado. Uh, we have 16 players from each field, MPO and FPO invited. 
And this is a little different than the way it was set up last year. It's a little bit interesting. So we have pool play where there's four players in each pool. And you play a 12-hole match against each person in your pool. And then based on those results, you get points. And the winning person from each pool, highest point holder from each pool, goes on to the finale, the four-person finale. So really, really interesting setup here. And and, uh, to be honest, a lot of golf to be played, um, which is going to be kind of intriguing. But then on top of it, we have the storylines of the – uh, bigger names that are not going to be there. Um, obviously, you know, we talk about Ricky Wysocki. We understand he's hurt, um, you know, hoping to be back for – says he's going to be back for the preserve um, and, and nursing that. But then you look at guys like, um, you know, uh, Paul McBeth not going to be there. And Calvin Heinberg now is saying he may or may not be there. Um, he was kind of on the fence as to whether or not he was feeling up to it. Um, but really, really interesting setup here. Uh, what do you think of the format itself, first of all? Yeah, it's unique. I think it, it's, I might, I mean, it's obviously getting better. I think, um, yeah, I, I like it. I think it's going to be awesome just to kind of see like, it kind of reminds me of traditional golf type thing, kind of. I don't know. It's just it's different. It's unique, and it's head to head. Then point wise and um, match play. I mean, you you beat beat those guys and move on type thing. So uh, yeah, it's just a lot of golf. I mean, they're looking at I don't even know how many weeks straight now though. Then like you don't play you play this event, then you got the preserves. Then I mean, luckily sometimes they might have the week off after that. So um, I'm excited to tune in and watch and just kind of see. Um, there's some good matchups. Like that's going to be another thing to watch too. Is like there's so many matchups, and like yeah. honestly, if I pick a matchup, I wouldn't be mad if I won or lost that too. Because I mean, just right now, like uh, Aaron Gossage versus Luke Humphreys, yeah. like those two are solid picks. You know, like um, I'm looking at it right now. Like um, I mean, say Gannon Burr, Albert Tom, like that's a good matchup. Like Sarah Hoka and Rebecca Cox, like two games are very similar like yeah, nice and i tell you what some of these pools fairway, then are, are kind of up and the, the bird, way they weighted bar, out so like, is really kind I'm, of funny and I'm so, uh, or i shouldn't say I'm funny it's less interesting the tight stuff, open, but, but like i want to tune in and watch you know? if you like long distance throwing check out fpo pool c ella hansen emily beach jennifer allen and deanne carey bombers on that group and that is that's absolutely incredible uh this is great too because we're seeing colorado on the pro tour i mean we haven't we haven't seen that really. I mean, it's been kind of up in the air. It hasn't really been there, so it's going to be really interesting. You know, we talked. You mentioned Aaron Gossage, Joel Freeman, both from Colorado. Um, Missy Gannon spent a ton of time in Colorado before she started touring. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of it's it's going to be interesting because you're at elevation too. That always plays a part in in this kind of stuff. So, you know, who's good at throwing that understable plastic is kind of playing into that a little bit too. So. Yeah. And hometown 
favorites and, home, home yeah. state. You know, <laughs> but, and, like Joel's then, been there. I mean, I was going like, to say Aaron Gossage is playing really well, but so is Joel. Like, I mean, it's just, on a they're both his, playing so, so well. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Same concept. You know, I love match play stuff. I think it's a great change up for players. Um, I, I think it's going to provide some some fun. I hope we see yeah. a little bit of them having fun as well. Right. Like I think about last year with um, you know, a little bit of the trash talk and the the uh, the press conferences and that kind of thing. I, I'd like to see that personally. I think that adds a layer to it and and that kind of thing. So it, it's going to be fun to watch, like you said for sure. So uh, let's move on. You mentioned it. You know, uh, unfortunately, not going to be at match play, but. Like you said before, you're down here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and you got the Titan open this weekend, man. How excited are you for this? I'm super excited uh, playing Wildcat Bluff again. So imagine like the Blue Rim Pines of Iowa. So uh, like Barsby said, like it's one of the best tournaments and best um courses in the area um 21 holes layouts tough uh, i played it today and there was like five or six hole changes and i was really surprised because it makes the hole tougher and it makes it like more challenging compared to like now we're like a hole used to be a par four and now it's a par five now it's 250 feet more right or like through the wood so it makes that third shot more critical where it's like all right throw a tee shot Pitch yeah, up, there, there's some birdie, good players here. Hard. I mean, obviously you, you mentioned Barsby, Evan Smith is going to really be there yourself. Up and down uh, Dan Schlitter, so. Logan Harper, Jason excited. The competition's solid. I mean, uh, Matt Dollar, Jake Lauber. Yeah, there's right now. It, I'm so excited for this just because there is some really great um, up and coming talent going to be there too. So that's what's what's exciting for me. Yeah, especially those nine. There's, I mean, there's a tons of nine seventy to obviously all the way up to a thousand. But like that doesn't mean anything here. I mean, this course can punish us no matter what. Like Greg mentioned it so easy. It's just like you better be on like the fairway or else like one, two strokes, three strokes is going to happen really quick um, because the rough is so rough. Like, it's not like where you can jank it through the woods and get lucky and fight up towards the basket. No, like there's so many scattered trees that like, you're going to get punished if you're off. Like I, I was searching yeah, for this. It's going to be fun. You know, a 10, couple of other names on there. Today, I, I want to mention, like, I'm, I'm pretty excited about, I know I already mentioned a few, but uh, Trevin Crow, fellow MVP athletes going to be down there. That's exciting. Right. I'm excited to kind of see him play. Um, and, I know we kind of talked about it before, maybe not on the podcast necessarily, but I'm going to be down there. Very, very excited about this. Heading down on Friday to check it out and uh, be down there through the weekend and see this is all about. See what this is all about. I've never been to Wildcat, so um, which is kind of a crime I keep hearing over and over again. So uh, excited to get out there. Special shout out to um, to Jesse Kirk, who is uh, graciously letting me stay at his place while I'm down there. Um, and that is awesome. Super excited for that. And a lot of good stuff, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, the Titan crew is always good people. So it's going to be fun to see. I know originally Gannon was signed up for this, but, uh, obviously you got that call for match play guaranteed money there. Uh, and the number one seed overall on the MPO side of things. So, 
I guess I can understand him pulling out of the Titan and going to play in that. That's fine. But uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Very, very excited to see that. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll have some, hopefully some content from down there and everything like that. I'm going to be, as it stands, for sure, at least for a little bit, I'll be on the bag for Mr. Castro here and uh, doing, hopefully doing some, some videoing and that kind of thing, getting some cool stuff. Maybe we'll catch an ace on film. That would be really, really cool. But uh, yeah, we'll see, man. I, I'm stoked. Uh, have you have you you've played the Titan Open a number of times before? Yeah, it's coming back. Yeah, man. usually we play at Shaver Park, but that one got um, derechoed. So I got the big storm here in Cedar Rapids took that course out pretty well so it's going through a read yeah it's coming back john hawk uh the mastermind of course designing he's killing it out there i'm actually gonna probably go try and walk it um sometime when i'm here so i just want to go check it out and see it i miss it i mean that was one of my favorite events i mean hole 15 16 it was like a par four through the woods and it's one of my favorite holes that i ever played because i would have this bio enforcer yeah, there we go well um, yeah r.i.p shaver at least everybody for now, knew once i it pulled is, it out it is like, rising that was the, the dish i was doing phoenix i definitely know that my vision um, special shout out to everybody the down there, there in again, that so. uh, cedar rapids area for everything they're doing and des moines too let's not let's not uh short change iowa so good good stuff excited for it watch for content from the titan open um i'm gonna put as much up as i can um as long as i'm not like completely just absolutely exhausted from everything it's it's a lot of golf i'm to watch and to walk and everything i'm super excited um, and hopefully not too excited so that i miss stuff so anyways let's move on to our surprise stats of the week by pdga stats on twitter uh shout out to them for always hooking us up in fact they even hooked us up with stats last week even though we didn't have a show um but that's okay let's go ahead and talk this week's stats here i've got three of them that are pretty intriguing i thought uh, the first one involves Calvin Heimberg, unfortunately, and it's not necessarily the greatest stat out there, um, but I thought it was worth talking about a little bit. Uh, Calvin missed cash at the Beaver State Fling for just the fifth time in his last 198 events, and that dates back to his first ever cash way back in 2013. So we're talking you know, almost 10 years at this point that he's cashed 193 out of 198 times. I mean, that's crazy good i know we talked yeah we, we talked about you know earlier this year kale's cash streak dropping unfortunately and all that good stuff and um but man it's it's tough uh hopefully you know if he decides to take the match Pretty play good. uh tournament off which it looks like he is um uh presumably if he takes that off hopefully he can get feeling better and get back to playing kelvin his game so let's go to the number one mpo in the match play though and gannon burr uh, he has finished ahead of Paul Macbeth in seven of the last eight events they've played in. I think anybody that can say anything about that, you know, consistently playing, uh, placing ahead of Paul Macbeth, no matter the circumstances, uh, that's a, a feather in your cap. Um, obviously, that brings up, you know, Paul. I, I don't want to say he's been struggling. He just hasn't been the Macbeth that we're kind of used to at this point. Um and, and so, who knows, he's got some time off now, too, and maybe that'll get him right, and he'll be ready to get back to it. And I guess he's heading over to Europe, too, so the European Open, that's kind of historically been a thing of his, you know, to get over there and, and dominate. So, 
we'll have to see. Hoping for the best for Mr. Macbeth. And the last one, we'll switch over to FPO. Valerie Mandujano. She started the season, this season, of 950 rated. Okay, at the beginning of the season back in February. She's currently rated 960, so she's already jumped up 10 points. And when you get up to, and, and you can attest to it, Jordan, when you get up to that level, either in MPO or FPO, that's a big number to jump. I mean, 10 points in a matter of a few months, you know, you got to be playing considerably better. Obviously, we've seen crazy, you know, ratings jumps before, but uh, that's it's still really, really good. But since Waco, where she won her first Elite Series event, she has averaged 973. That's just going to continue to go up. I I didn't even look to see if it jumped after this last ratings update uh, just the other day. I'm sure it did. Um, but uh, just so awesome that she's playing so incredibly well. Uh, you know, to add into Paige and Cat playing well, and then Kristen coming back for the preserve. Uh, you know, coming back soon here to the states to play. So that FPO field is just getting more and more deep, and it's more and more exciting every single time. That's for sure. That's that's nuts. So now that means 15 points that she's jumped up just in this year. So we're talking like five, six months. Like that's bananas. Yeah, she um, jumped up five points her. to 965. So awesome. Um, wow, that's crazy. All right. Well, I that's the list that I've got. Anything that we should we should talk about? If you're in the if you're in the Iowa area, come on down to Titan, say hi, um, and we'll talk more about what else is going on here on next week's show. But uh, yeah, definitely excited for Titan. What do you got for us here at the end? Yeah, so um, another thing I have was my tour series, the Castronaut Threes. Um, I have them available. Um, so, and I I have some a whole bunch of discs. I have a whole bunch of stuff. So, if you're interested and want to support us on the show or just support me, I got some Castronaut Threes. I have some discs. I have hats. I got. I got all of it. So uh, send me a message. Uh, send us a message, Flight Plate online, social media handles, or even me, Jordan Castro, on social media, and we'll get you all taken care of. So I got all my packing stuff with me in my car so I can ship it out really quick. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and me, so. speaking of discs, uh, awesome discs. I, I, I have the, the five Envy, the Jed, and the Fission Octane. Left. So um, they're selling plate, out really Jordan quick, Castro, but I got more boxes. Discs. So don't you um, worry. Hit me up um, if, you want, plenty, if, so. if somebody wants one because I, I want to – you know, they're not going to last long, let's be honest. I will have them. I'll probably bring them down along with me to Titan just in case. Um, so we'll have them there. Uh, but if you want to purchase one and have it shipped, you need to get a hold of me ASAP. So uh, before they're gone, I don't even remember what molds I have, to be completely honest. So um, I think I've got Volts and Teslas left. Maybe I have one Envy, one Neutron Soft Envy. I don't understand how they're that one's still hanging around. But um Get them while they're hot, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, like Jordan said, hit him up or hit us up, and we'll get you uh, hooked up with all the Castro merch that you can possibly imagine, that's for sure. And, yeah, have a great week, guys. We're excited. Watch for more content. Be patient with us. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate all the love and support. So with that, we'll uh, bid you adieu and talk to you guys next week on the Flight Play Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,
Oh, oh, oh, oh, oh,